Hey everybody, welcome to the Race Nerd Podcast here on CKCC Radio, where you can listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google, Podbean, and anywhere else you get your podcasting needs. You could also listen in to other shows here on CKCC Radio, like the Bored to Death Bingecast, Chris Ranks the Universe, J Bunny's Music Hub, Motivational Moves, Ranking Tracks, Real Paranormal Talk, The Stupid Sexy Podcast, United We Fan, and the show that started it all, The Club Cafe Wrestle Talk. Listen to all those, uh, like and subscribe, um, whatever social media platform you're listening to them. Check them out on Facebook. They're also on Twitch and YouTube. CKCC Radio. Now that I got a plug for all those shows in, we got a eight. I don't even know how to word this. A um, a unique, not a unique. Uh, I I can't even describe uh, what is happening in the world of NASCAR right now. Um, where. He, there's more news being made off the track and not necessarily in a good way uh, than there was on the track this weekend um, at Talladega. I'll give you my thoughts on that. Give you my thoughts on the racing that actually happened at Talladega that kind of got overshadowed um, by the controversy so um, because there's a lot to talk about and a lot to digest I actually did have a car wars um, scheduled between the Labonte brothers Bobby and Terry but I'm going to push that back um, possibly another week so next week's episode we'll have the return of Car Wars and hopefully a little less craziness um, but we do have a pop Quiznos for you in 1963 uh, the, Uni- the American Plastics Corporation uh, were to sponsor two cars a two car team Featuring inaugural NASCAR Hall of Famer Junior Johnson, who is running his first Indianapolis 500 as a rookie and would be the only Indianapolis 500 uh, he would ever attempt. This future Indy 500 winner would also be running his rookie race for said team. Uh, Who is that 500 winner? Answer at the end of the show. So, I don't even know how to start with what had transpired at Talladega. And just the backlash of it all um 
So I'm kind of going to go through the races, then talk about what had happened. Um, we had some really good racing. Um, well, good finishes. Uh, first, we had the ARCA race on Saturday prior to the Xfinity race. Uh, the ARCA race was ho-hum. That saw seven cars on the lead lap. And five of those were all battling for the win in the pack. With Drew Dollar picking up his first career ARCA series win. A race that, when I turned on with ten to go, was a snore fest. Uh, with Riley Herbst, the Joe Gibbs Racing Developmental Driver, leading the way. Uh, Dollar, Herbst, and Michael Self uh, were on the mix, and I forget the other two drivers. Um, I think it was Brett Holmes was one of them, a longtime Arca Series regular. They were all battling for the win, and Dollar would get loose, fall to the back of the five-car pack, would gain it back up. Self would actually see himself taking the lead from Herbst, and as weird as it sounds, Self would get tapped, spun in Herbst. Drew Dollar would take the win. Herbst, uh, Self with the the second best save of the weekend when he got tapped and spun. Uh, was able to keep the keep the car from completely going around and. He, it was definitely the second best save of the weekend. Um, we'll get to the first in a moment. But uh, that was certainly something. Later on that day, Justin Haley would win on the Xfinity side. Uh, I didn't get to watch the Xfinity race due to my work schedule. Um, but Haley would win and Ross Chastain would win the Dash for the Cash. For the hundred thousand um, dollars, Haley's teammate. So that was Saturday. Sunday initially was scheduled the Cup Series race. Rain unfortunately had pushed the race back to Monday, but in that time. A lot of, a lot of stuff had happened, and even almost a week out, it's still a little hard to digest everything. Um, as, as we've talked about on this show previously, um, Bubba Wallace had been under a lot of ire for a lot of fans for standing up for what he believes with Black Lives Matter, and you know social justice. Uh, kind of, kind of being put right in the forefront, not 
I don't think he initially planned on it being that way, but, you know, he just has become the, like, you know, the, the advocate for it. Um, going back prior to the events that are folding, unfolding right now in this country, um, going back to Kyle Larson and what had got Larson suspended from NASCAR. And we're going to touch on Kyle Larson a little later in the show because there is an interesting nugget that, um, that had come up uh, involving Kyle Larson and NASCAR and a, a little comment that had come out during a a Q&A show uh, with Robin Miller but like I said we'll get to that a little later so as Sunday had progressed a a NASCAR uh, a team member for Richard Petty Racing had noticed something very unsettling in the garage area in the garage stall that uh, the 43 car was in um, and he alerted the crew chief who then alerted NASCAR officials Uh, a tie down at the end of the garage door to pull the garage doors down had actually been tied in the shape of a noose and it was very unsettling Um, NASCAR swiftly reacted um, and Steve Phelps the the president of NASCAR had personally one-on-one had talked to Bubba Wallace about this Wallace was unaware of the fact of this prior to all this um, as this unfolded Sunday morning um, the FBI was involved as being a possible hate crime um, a lot of videos and um, whatnot were involved um, so when this became the news of Sunday then by Monday morning and early afternoon it was taken that um, all the drivers in, 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 a, in a display of solidarity pushed Bubba Wallace and the 43 car to the front of the grid all 40 drivers led by uh, reigning champion Kyle Busch and um very close friend of Bubba Wallace, Ryan Blaney, uh, pushed the car to the front of the grid. The the team owner, uh, Richard Petty, who had not been to a race, and at 83 years old, uh, would be pretty susceptible to COVID-19, uh, was there on hand to support his driver. As the car was pushed to the front of the grid, 
Wallace would get out of the car, um, overcome with emotion, and, and would be hugged by Richard Petty and uh, hugged by those those competitors on the track but friends um, off the track yeah, in a, as a show of support and it, it, it was one of the as bad as the situation was it was one of the most unique and heartfelt moments that you would see as these for these 39 of the competitors stood by their their on-track rival uh, in a show of solidarity um, and the idea actually was hatched by uh, Jimmy Johnson and Kevin Harvick as a show of support uh, Johnson who along with Wallace was um, instrumental in bringing that um, PSA about stopping and listening and uh, social injustice um, that the drivers put together prior to the Martinsville race. So um, there was that. Eventually, the FBI had announced that it was a tie-down and that there was no hate crime and that what they had found is the the rope pull for the garage door had been fashioned that way last year in October. Um, there had been some photographs coming out. Um, Bubba had come out saying that it definitely was um, a noose-shaped uh, item, and when when the um, when the news broke, a lot, a lot of NASCAR uh, fans. I will. I'm using air quotes here. A lot of these so-called fans came out of the woodwork to say that. Uh, this whole thing was um, a ploy for NASCAR and that um, some were even saying that Bubba Wallace was behind it and that he needs to be banned and um, NASCAR was doing this to get ratings. And this, and I, I've heard every single bullshit um, excuse. Um, this, that, you know, that the team was behind it, that Bubba Wallace was behind it. And uh, today, well not today, but Thursday, a, um, Steve Phelps held a press conference um, as NASCAR had said there, there was overreaction to it without fully investigating it, but as they were done with their full investigation, they had actually had a picture from that weekend featuring the rope in a new shape. Uh, whether it was done intentional or unintentional, um, there really was no place for it. A lot of a lot of fans are 
on either side of the issue, you know, whether it's fake and that they'll never watch NASCAR again, um, or this or that, but what had happened is the NASCAR had reacted, um, especially in this social climate right now, had acted, I think, appropriately in taking uh, swift action and doing... Sorry, as I'm tripping over my words here, trying to phrase and just place all this in the right spot. Um, so, Steve Phelps had actually held this press conference and uh, had the photographic evidence to say that, look, this was the case and this really was what had happened uh, saying that the crew member you know and you know to, to squash all these internet rumors in the tinfoil trolls uh, that had been uh, accusing this team or this driver a driver who did not even see this as the cars were impounded on Sunday um, Many crew members did not see this until the the morning of what was supposed to be the Sunday race. And it was Phelps who personally told Bubba Wallace about this and had, you know, informed him uh, Bubba had, who had gone on and, you know, had been the target in the vile bullshit from these so-called fans for weeks now on end. And it's just, it's horrible. It really is horrible uh, to see this. Um, matter of fact, there, and the, the stuff is just, disgusting uh there's one track and i'm not give i don't want to give them publicity but to gather this there is a track in north carolina uh that is advertising what he calls bubba rope uh for sale at the track this is the same track where they were advertising a a heritage night where they were telling fans to you know get your confederate gear and all sorts of crap uh, i'm not going to say the name of the track well, nor the track owner but they faced quite a large backlash and to that track and that track owner go fuck yourself you know you're you're trying to make money off a of controversy and and it's poor and tasteless and, and it's disgusting you, you should be ashamed of yourself um, that that track uh, the the half mile uh, dirt track there um, it can it can fucking as much as I don't want it I hate to see tracks shut down 
I, I hope yours get, yeah, I hope fucking, you know, you just have nobody and your track turns into a fucking dirt lot. You're, you're disgusting and you deserve all, all the negative press, all the negativity that'll come towards it. Um, maybe that's what he wants. Maybe he wants to make a name, this track owner. Um, but, you know, hopefully now that Phelps has clarified the situation and that there was none. And as we move on to Pocono, we move away from less of the ignorance um, that had surrounded that. It was not only the noose, but over, overhead before the race, um, the Sons of Confederation had organized, the Sons of Confederate Veterans, uh, who we talked about, um, on the episode with the Confederate flag controversy, uh, they had chartered a plane to fly overhead before the race, um, saying defund NASCAR uh, which the defund thing had obviously come from the uh, the BLM movement and defunding police um, how can you defund a privately owned company I, I don't understand that for one and they had organized um, across the street from the track you know driving there driving vehicles uh, with the Confederate flag hanging off them just uh, in protest of the Confederate flag controversy. It, it's just disgusting and hopefully moving to Pocono will move away from that. Um, but before we get to Pocono, we actually got to talk about the actual race that happened on Monday um, as this whole controversy was really unfolding um we saw a good race um no major wrecks until the very end of the race to talk about um it was bubba wallace with his um his well it was bubba's uh, best friend ryan blaney who would take the checkered flag edging out ricky stenhouse jr for the win and a, a sliding backwards Eric Amarola. Uh, Amarola would finish third as uh, everybody would get together going um, coming to the checkered flag. Amarola was backwards just beating out Denny Hamlin and Eric Jones. John Hunter Nemechek who earlier in the race had recovered from a a spin uh, was right up there when um, Blaney and uh, I want to say it was Eric Jones had touched, uh, pushed Nemechek into the wall. Nemechek, who was looked like he, you know, he was gonna get a good third place finish, possibly even win. Um, the rookie would finish eighth. Um, lots of great racing, um, lots of wild, um, those last few laps were amazing, uh, they were a lot of fun, 
as I was saying, the race is great. I, I was personally hoping for um, Nemechek those last few laps. Uh, uh, his uh, his race sponsor, I, I was very feeling very strongly for uh, with Death Wish Coffee, as I am a Death Wish Coffee drinker. Uh, so had that then um so yeah it was a great race um Bubba Wallace would finish 14th um after running out of running out of gas in the final turn um during their last pit stop coming to pit road uh which he was pushed to pit road by Corey LaJoy um, which had a, a very little funny uh, Twitter thing uh, from LaJoy who said he used to drive Bubba to high school to help him save gas with his um, with his little catchphrase stacking pennies um, hashtagged uh, which which I found funny and it, it was a, a great little bit of levity um, after the race with everything going on and I know that uh, they're also really good friends so uh, that was that was that was that was pretty cool um, a lot of cool things about this race you know you had a lot of different things um, it believe it or not it had actually been the first time that Denny Hamlin had actually driven the number 11 Toyota uh, without any FedEx markings. FedEx, who had been with him his entire career, had actually given up their their um, their space on the car to support Denny Hamlin and um, to uh, to to show their support for um, equality and actually given up. Uh, that to the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis. Uh, so that was cool. As I said, we move on to Pocono this weekend. We have the 325 miler on Saturday. Then on Sunday, we have the 350 miler, uh, which. Eric Amarola will start from the pole uh, for the 325. Um, Ryan Blaney, who just won at Talladega, will start second. Hamlin, third. Kyle Busch, fourth. Bill Elliott, fifth. Logano, sixth. Kurt Busch, seventh. Eighth, Brad Keselowski. Kevin Harvick in ninth. And Alex Bowman starting tenth. And this was done by a random draw. As we know, Sunday, they will invert the top 20 from Saturday's race. I think it'll make it really interesting, as this was initially supposed to be the only doubleheader weekend uh, for the Cup guys when the schedule came out. Then uh, the pandemic hit, which really screwed everything up. Uh, so uh, it's going to be really cool. I'm, I'm actually pulling for Harvick this weekend. As if I didn't already pull for them uh, this weekend, uh, their car will be throwing back to the old um, Bush beer days with 
safety with their famous head for the mountains of bush um, slogan and whatnot and even have the old um, horse on there from the commercials I, I think that's a really cool thing and I remember seeing those commercials all the time as a kid and then my teens watching the um, watching the races and that always stood out so it's great to see that honored back again and remember Pocono last year um, Kevin you know had his whole thing with the Gen X car the the throwback well to kind of honor the 80s and early 90s uh, as he would run a lost a bet and would run a millennial scheme at the um, at the all-star race last year uh, with stuff like Geet and avocado toast and AF and all that crap on it I don't know I don't get millennials <laughs> anyway um, and what's funny is that not only that but Saturday for the for the cup race uh, they will actually have co-grand marshals as actress Kiki Lane and Academy Award actress um, Oscar winner Charlize Theron will actually be throwing will, will have the co-grand marshal duties um, Theron who um, waved the, was the honorary starter at the 2018 Daytona 500 uh, will be at the track and I think that's really cool um, I know they have um, limited fans and I know for the truck race I I, I, I know somebody who got, probably got the the gift of a lifetime for the truck race uh, but that's not my story to tell uh, so yeah we got that and then Sunday, I believe, is the Xfinity race followed by the Cup race. Uh, hopefully, the weather is good this weekend, because um, I know Pocono is notorious for the weather. Anyway, um, another bit of news that had slipped out, um, because you know, kind of, kind of lost in this whole controversy, was um, what initially brought Bubba Wallace to the forefront, which was. Kyle Larson and his dropping the n-word during a um, a uh, a uh, iRacing event. Sorry, I lost lost track of what the sim racing was called. Anyway, um, during a Robin's mailbag for IndyCar, well-respected IndyCar writer. Um, well, journalist uh, Robin Miller uh, that was asked about the possibility of Kyle Larson running IndyCar and he had talked to one of the team owners who let it slip that Tony Stewart is very strong on signing uh, Larson um, as they come from similar backgrounds uh, both of them uh, World of Outlaw team owners and racers in the World of Outlaw series. Um, and Tony's been very high on Larson for many years, actually had tried to sign him um, prior to Larson re-signing with Chip Ganassi Racing. 
Uh, he's got two drivers whose contracts are up at the end of the season. Uh, Clint Boyer and Eric Amarola. And everybody's money is on Boyer not returning to the 14 car. And moving over to a broadcast um, position. Whether that's going to happen or not. Uh, whether Boyer steps out of the car this year is to be to be seen. I I haven't heard anything either way. And Amarola, uh, who comes along with sponsorship from Smithfield, I don't imagine him going anywhere. So I don't know how well this rumor has legs, uh, as Larson has not officially been. Um, Well, you know, completed everything that he is needed for NASCAR. They just haven't announced it yet. Uh, so, well, that's that's a big if right there. Big wait and see. So, I wouldn't put too much stock in that rumor. I know it's been around for years, but um, the owner in question that had said this and Robin Miller is that Kyle Larson definitely belongs in IndyCar. He has the talent, and I know he wants to race the Indy 500. So, um, speaking of the Indy 500, we have a trivia question that asked who, in 1963, was supposed to be Junior Johnson's teammate in the American Plastics Corporation uh, IndyCar. That teammate would have been three-time Indianapolis 500 winner, Bobby Unser. Um, part of the famous Unser clan of Albuquerque who have a ridiculous amount. Actually, I think it's two-time Indy 500 winner. Um, Anyway, it's multi-time Indy 500 winner. Uh, Bobby Unser was supposed to be that teammate. Um, Junior Johnson would not qualify. Um, Bobby Unser would not race for that same team as that team was way too slow uh, in the 500. Uh, 500 qualifying in practice Unser would leave to race for another team but just the fact that you had that this company was sponsoring a team with two rookies who will go on to have outstanding careers um, and both be Hall of Famers is, is something so uh, we're going to be back at this next week with Pocono results uh, hopefully a little less drama uh, outside the track and um, more drama on the track to talk about so until then i'm mad hardman and i will see you at the races